Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging on the Jessica Mid, the Westchester Ford, Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, and One Silver Dollar Pourer. Wiley, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, man, but uh, why do you say that? Uh, you know exactly why I say that, because it is now July 1st. Vladimir Putin is still in power, and he is not dead, so... By the rules of the silver dollar bet, I have won the bet, and now you must pay up. I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're What are you talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't recall any bet. You don't recall a bet? Did, did we make a do bet? Do we want to go back to the tape? Is that what you want to I th- do? I think we like might we need to. Go back I, I, think you're, I think you're totally could, confused. We could go back as far as last week. No, So no, no, we're going to no. go ahead and... Here, here we go, here, buddy. We go. Uh, there is your silver dollar. Look at that. Isn't, isn't that, that, that a pretty one? That's a pretty You know, and I have to say that the silver dollar you gave me for uh, the last bet that I won um, was only 90% silver, by the way. That is is three nines pure. So you actually got a little better end of the deal. Oh, well, there there you go. Yeah. I like so, it. But I like the look of yours because it was kind of an antique one, so... You know, so you kept it. I kept it. I thought I was getting that one back. I guess no, not. No, no, no. I like the look of that one, so I kept it. You, oh. So you get like a what is that? A two thousand nine or something? You get a new American yeah, yeah. Eagle. Yeah, so. new new Merca. Yeah, god damn it. You know, last Saturday. Did you really? Th- well, I I thought so too. Yeah, last Saturday. It's like literally we're doing the show, and as we're doing the show, you know, here's Prigozhin with an army heading Marching for to Moscow. Russia. Uh, you know, Moscow. Uh, they're like 150 miles outside of Moscow. I'm thinking this is a done deal, man. I, I mean, I won this. I won this. This hands down, you know. And uh, you know, shit. As soon as we were done recording the show, I turn on the news and it's uh, yeah, uh, Prigozhin just decided to quit, just stop dead, you know. But I actually have a theory as to why he did that oh we're getting into this right off the bat huh you know uh, let, let's do it since uh, since it segues so well okay and then right. we'll, we'll come back to some of the other stuff um here's the thing is you know how as as Prigozhin was going to uh moscow he sent a detachment to an army base in the west uh it's called uh Voronezh 45 military base and that's where they stockpile a lot of tactical nuclear weapons, okay? Yeah. Now, the uh, Wagner personnel actually took over the base, controlled the base for about an hour, and then abruptly left, okay? So I'm wondering if this whole thing was for Prigozhin to acquire nuclear weapons. And there's been no talk about that, but... You know, on the ground, there were a lot of open source intelligence saying this is what happened. We know that they controlled this base uh, and they were in complete control of this base for roughly an hour. 
okay and then they all just hightailed it out of there and it was not long after they left that base that Prigozhin decided to turn around and head to Belarus and they made the deal so that's what I'm wondering if either a that was part first of all it's it's speculation as to whether Wagner actually acquired nuclear weapons however they were 100% in a position to have done so Okay. Okay. And these would be tactical nuclear weapons, like uh, you know, uh, low kiloton yield, like you know, one to five kiloton yield um, uh, artillery and things like that. Yeah. These are not like strategic nuclear weapons. They're the lower end tactical nuclear weapons that were stored there. Ones that are more mobile. Right. But can you imagine a private military group in possession? of tactical nuclear weapons well hold on here's the other thing about the the, the wagner group though that right that, that kind of a lot of it came out during this as well which are things that i didn't know they weren't really private though well they were supplied their ammunition and their gas like and all their logistical stuff was all supplied by the russian government right and they also sent the russian government a bill for their services so they were they were yes they were they were like semi-private. Um, well, they used to use Wagner in the past as a plausible deniability. It was like Blackwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Wagner was their Blackwater. And we'd send them in when we wanted mercenaries, but we kind of wanted to keep the United States, you know, yeah, for war at arm's reach. Stuff, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, the U.S. uses private mercenaries, and that's how they used to be used. But since this war... Um, you know, of course, because they became one of their main fighting forces, because the rest of their, you know, uh, army sucks so bad um, that, you know, the the Russian army was supplying them directly. And part of the reason that, you know, they got so pissed is because Wagner wasn't being supplied by the Russian army like they were supposed to have been. Yeah, they weren't getting the levels that they right. wanted. So um, that is really interesting that, you know, that's that's what could have happened there. And that could be why now Prigozhin, after actually attempting a coup against the Russian government, is free to travel wherever he pleases. Is he really free to travel wherever he pleases? Oh, yeah. Though? He was in St. Petersburg yesterday. Oh, was he really? Yeah. And, and then uh, went off to Moscow. And yeah. Now they did. It, it's funny because Putin is walking such a line because he's saying that the people responsible for these, the coup are going to be held accountable. And he did arrest one of the Wagner generals. Uh, but uh, Prigozhin is allowed to, to come and go as he pleases. So, yeah, this is a really weird one. Man. Right, this is, there's right. a lot of weird going on in Russia right and now. And most of his forces are now in Belarus. So, oh, so most of the most of the troops went to Belarus? Yeah. Well, uh, Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, is the one who brokered the deal between Prigozhin and Putin. Yeah. Okay. Well, because there's a lot of talk out there about how the, 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 the Wagner group uh, soldiers are just going to be put into the Russian army. Well, yeah, that's a lot of them are. They're going to be offered a contract. And that was part of the thing that caused Prigozhin to get so pissed off in the first place is because the Russian army wanted to just basically absorb Wagner. And they told all the Wagner troops that they're going to have to sign a contract to be in the the regular Russian army. And that was one of the reasons that led up to the coup. So it's just a a very strange scenario. But the end result is uh, Putin is weaker now than ever. So that's true. They, Putin will be deposed or will be killed. In fact, there was an assassination attempt on him uh, just uh, two days ago. Um, they uh, they found uh, the Russian uh, FSB found that a bridge that Putin travels over back and forth between the Kremlin and his residence in Moscow was wired with explosives. Oh man! Yeah. So they someone was planning to blow the bridge. Now, 
the Russians actually wired bridges with explosives when they thought Wagner was coming, but this was wired after the fact, so someone was going to try to blow up the bridge with Putin on it. So, yeah, just a lot of things going on right there. But, yeah, I, I called the timing wrong, man. Yeah. Okay, now that July 1st is it, I hope Putin gets deposed right away. Well, yeah, I, I do too as well. But uh, you know, Now that I, the bet's over. I thought for sure last week that I had just nailed it perfectly, but it's so weird that in the midst of being completely successful in his coup, he just turns around. Yeah. I mean, that was just so bizarre. I had to call him and ask him. Yeah. I had to call him. Yeah, I what did he say? Call. Yeah. I, he said, okay, he, he was willing to. Yeah. That's when it turned around. Yeah. As soon as we got done with the show, I was like, hey, look. What'd you promise him? A silver dollar? <laughs> no, I didn't have to. No? No? No, I just, he hates you so much. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Bogosian was like, it's a good Wiley? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll stop. <laughs> it was really nice of him. I mean, uh, it was yeah. super nice of him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to send him a Christmas card this year. You're not going to, no, right? No, he's off my Christmas card list. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. you. But. Just imagine what if he does cra- have Hold on, wouldn't that be funny is to put people like that, like have a Christmas card list and literally put like world leaders up and just send them a Christmas card every year? I think that would be pretty uh, useless and a complete waste of time. I'm just saying it would be kind of funny, though. Really? It would be a good bit. Well, you should do that. I'm going to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, what else? Uh, what All is right, going so on? Hold on. I, I, I we got to get into had... personal stuff now. Okay. All right. All right so first off, I was it was requested by my brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, for you to give a Buccaneer prognosis for the upcoming season. Oh, you know, I haven't started looking into it yet. Um, initial thoughts. Just give me some initial thoughts here. Mm. He thinks they're going to suck. Yeah. No playoffs. Yeah. No Super Bowl. I think we're probably looking at a six and nine season. In all honesty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the way it feels. The but, quarterback that's coming. The, pe- the people they got. The, there's you know for the starting position. Yeah. Or, what, what's his name? I can't even think of his name now. The, I don't uh, know. Uh, the, uh, uh, I was depending on you to know this stuff. Yeah, I know. I my head's not in football yet. Normally, it's it's not till August, till right before the preseason that my head really gets into it. So, I'm not quite there yet. But I do promise that in uh, uh, probably uh, towards the middle or end of next month, I will give my prognosis. Baker but Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Thank you very much. I couldn't think of that. So yeah, I think that uh, honestly, I don't know how good a quarterback he actually is. Um, you know, he seems like he's kind of all over the map. Uh, I don't know how well he's going to fit into our program. Um, you know, we've still got some glaring issues, especially on defense and the secondary. Uh, if we can keep our receiving core, we're in pretty good shape there. We've got some offensive line issues. So there are some issues that probably need to be addressed uh, in, you know, free agency and trades and things like that. So we'll see. But I'll, I'll give a more detailed report down the road. I'm, I'm not quite ready for it. All right. All right. Fine. All right, so I will give a uh, also a Uber story for the week. Um, so I worked last Saturday night, and last Saturday night was the like uh, gay pride parade down in St. Pete. Oh, was it? Okay. Now, typically, I like picking up in St. Pete on Saturday nights. Yeah. Typically. Well, you've always liked uh, picking up gay guys in St. Pete, so yeah, you know, that's kind of your thing. Normally, I yeah. do like picking up the gays right. down in St. Pete, but I got to tell you, after last Saturday night, not really feeling so spry about the gays. Huh. How come? Um, they were rude. Hmm. They didn't tip for shit. Wow. And they overall were not a pleasant experience. Wow. Huh. All right. Give me some details. For the whole evening. Give me. Like, they would get in the car and, you know, again, I would say the same thing to them. I was saying to everybody else, but they either wouldn't talk. Right. Um, they were just, again, overall, just kind of not warm to me. Right. And 
like I take them where they got to go and then, you know, drop them off or whatever. But they were just me. They were just, they were just kind of rude. And again, not tipping. The bigger thing was that they weren't tipping. Right. Which is not typical for the gay people that I pick up normally in St. Pete. Right. Normally in St. Pete, you pick up gay people. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a tip. It's always a pleasant conversation. You know, gay people are kind of funny sometimes. Now, uh, how, how, how wide a sample size is this? How many uh, people did you pick up? Probably 10. Okay. So not super wide. Okay. Well, that's still a pretty good number. I mean, statistically speaking, you would think that out of 10 pickups, you'd probably only have a couple of people who were not good, you know, rides. Well, yeah, normally, yeah. Normally it was, it'd be pretty good, but it just right. wasn't good. Now, I got, but I have one ride at the end. Right. So this guy at the end. And look, I know that I'm sure people bullshit and lie when they're in the car with you about who they are or whatever. So I'm driving this guy up, and he was telling me that he was like the biggest guy on TikTok that you could ever have, right? Like he's a huge guy on TikTok. And that he just sold his company for like $16 million on TikTok. Okay. He was a former uh, uh, military person, former special forces. Okay. And that between him and seven people, they would, if there was any kind of a disturbance in the county, in Pinellas County, that they would be able to run the county in uh, in 48 hours, within 48 hours. What? Okay, wait a second. So he's <laughs> a, a, a gay... He was like a bear kind of gay guy. Special though. forces. I will say he was a he was a bear kind. But of But what is he talking about? Is like does the county like contract with him for certain situations? No, no, no. He's talking about if there was ever like no government, like if the government were to, you know, be ineffective or a zombie apocalypse were to happen well, hell, or something the, like that. If there was no government, I could run the fucking county. Well, his <laughs> anyone thing was, can run the county. He was like, "Well, we're going to have it on lockdown and like within four hours." Oh yeah, hours. good luck with that. And good like, luck with that. Caches everywhere else. Now, mind you. Yeah. So when I drop him off. I drop him off in a good-looking trailer in a trailer park. Right. Yeah, it, just, it sounds like Hold this on guy a second here. was just what a little... Fu- and no tip, by the way, and no tip. Hang on a second. Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, both of us being veterans, we can usually spot when someone is bullshitting about a military career. Was this guy bullshitting? I mean, what was your gut on that? My gut was I, I think he probably served... Right, but I don't think he was anything special. Really, yeah. like I, I think because any t- any time I, I I didn't tell him I was a, I was in the military either. I didn't it, that, look at this point. I was just like I was yeah, gonna let him live the it. lie. Yeah. I was just I'm gonna let right. him live the lie because he was like I, you know because I was thinking I'm like well he said one thing he's like you know I'd, if I have the if I have the guns and I don't need the gold because I go around taking the gold from everybody and it's pinellas fucking county florida everybody has guns well that was the one thing but the other thing <laughs> and was, they'll shoot you through the fucking door yeah we'll talk, which about, we'll that talk later. about that later <laughs> but the thing was and he wouldn't shut up either right but the other thing was that he that he said and when he said that was he was like well the government's the only thing keeping people moral no not even remotely well no i know but i was like well hold on how are you and then i because then i had to ask a question i'm like well if you're saying that you would just go around taking everybody's stuff then maybe it's just you that's not being moral. Does he literally think he's the only person in Pinellas County that has guns? I asked him that too, and he was like, "Well, we'll take him from everybody." Does he? Does he think he's the only he was, person? He was, that... he was very much a. I, if if it all breaks down, I'm going to be a warlord in Pinellas County. Yeah, well, which I was thinking I look like, forward I'm like you're to meeting gonna, him, but like, <laughs> and I was thinking I'm like, you don't think somebody's going to shoot you? Right? No, yeah. no, I'm special forces. They're not going to shoot me. Oh uh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> it was one of these conversations right. that was yeah like th- that guy there was so shit. much bullshit in the conversation 
that I didn't even want to like. Yeah, yeah, that that guy's just he's living a fantasy world. Yeah, and then to drop you off at a at a look, I will say this in the trailer park that I dropped him in off, he did have one of the newer trailers. Oh well, that's oh, so. There's something to be something. said for that. <laughs> right. But like that was it though. Like yeah. you're still in, a, in like, a. You're not even in a good trailer park. If dude was actually special forces, he would realize that you know going up against a population of one million people. Yeah, he's got no prayer. I don't care if he's got you know a platoon strength, company strength. Hold on, you don't you're not going to subdue one look, million you people. A, you don't even have a full squad at seven. Right? Is that what he said? Seven people? Yeah, seven people. Oh, that, yeah. Like you yeah. barely have two. You don't <laughs> yeah. even have two fire teams. You, you're, you're How gonna, are you going to cover the entirety of fucking Pinellas County <laughs> right? with two fucking fire teams? By the way, you're, you're going to be lucky to hold one gated neighborhood. <laughs> barely. Yeah. Barely. Like, yeah. like I'm seriously. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What are you going to do? And I'm like, well, you wouldn't yeah. think that. I'm like, you wouldn't think to go somewhere else. He's like, oh no, I'd get Pinellas. Like every time I gave him a tactical way out of it, <laughs> right? He would just no, no. Clearly, this guy's 100 full of shit. Oh. He was so full of totally shit. It wasn't even shit. funny. Yeah, it was one, and it's one of those ones where it's you're so outrageously full of shit. Especially like I'm a t- I'm the biggest person on TikTok. Right. Look, here's the thing. I don't have TikTok. I don't know really anything about TikTok, but I know you're not the biggest person on TikTok. Yeah, he's got 83 subs. Yeah, like <laughs> now, yeah, now, now, right. not even a little bit. Yeah. But I will say this: I was very angry with the K's after Saturday night. Yeah. Like I was going home. Like I like, fuck you guys. Right. Like I was so mad. Because I was just like, yeah, and that's uncommon too. It is. It, yeah. it, it, that's the thing too. It is uncommon. And normally, I pick up on Saturday nights down in down in St. Pete, and you'll get some gay guys. And normally, they're actually pretty fucking. They're actually pretty decent rides, right? Yeah, you know, they're nice. They're kind of funny. They're a little self deprecating. They're right. You know, yeah. Well, every once in a while, someone will they'll be a little uh, over the line when it comes to like, well, you want me to you, not outright? I'm gonna su- I'll suck your dick, but like kinda like a little. Like they're a little. Uh, I actually think in a weird way that gay guys have like a straight guy scalp thing right. that they want to do, where they want to get a straight guy. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so like oh, yeah. like taking a I'm scalp. Sure. Yeah. So every once in a while, I think they throw a little trial balloon out there just to see if I would be willing to be the fucking pitcher in a fucking pitcher catcher scenario. So yeah, well you know I mean that never turned out a blowjob. I mean that's rule number one. Well, okay. Yeah, uh, it's that's good to know from yeah, you. Absolutely. I guess. Yeah. I don't, don't know how to necessarily <laughs> why, react why, to that. Why would but, you say no to that? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do uh, doing that to me. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. If accepting a gay job, uh, a blowjob from a gay guy is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. So, do we want? Hey, I, I, hang on. I, I actually uh, rode Uber uh, this past weekend too, um, and I swear to God. I got a ride. Guy would not shut up, and he sounded exactly like you, because all he did was talk about all his rides, and bitched about the platform, and complained about people canceling rides. And oh my god, it's like uh, holy shit! It's hold like on, a, you, hold on. I'm talking ask, to fucking Alex. Let here. me ask you a couple questions. Though, were you in the car with your wife? Yes. Was she talking to him? Uh, I told her beforehand not to. Did so she, but she did she listen? No, but this guy was. It was pretty unsolicited. Oh, you know. it was unsolicited. Though. I mean, of course, it, just being polite, I, I, you know, threw in a couple of, uh, you know, oh, so what do you think of that type, you know, just to, but the ride did go quick, so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought for sure I was in a car with you because <laughs> literally all his bitching was, he was bitching about the rides he gets and he didn't get tips and, you know, um, he did, uh, what did he say? I don't bitch to the customers about that, by the way. 
Oh, really? No. Unless they ask the question outright, and then I'll answer the question. But right. I try to. I always try to be positive. Like even if I'm not feeling positive, I always try to be positive. Right. Right. Even even that Saturday night when once I started getting into a certain feeling a certain way about it, I still tried to maintain positivity because you want to treat it each ride as its own. So. Right. Well, about two thirds through the ride, he did finally shut up when I offered him a blowjob. So. Oh well, yeah. there you go. So did you have to do it then? No, he just shut up. Yeah, you know, he wouldn't talk oh. after that. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus. I, I, right, you we, know what? I, I I am just in such a bad mood today. Oh, I'm sorry. I you know I hate losing bets. I'm so pissed off over that. I just you know. Uh, I got to tell you, this thing saved you from future sake. bets, though. I will say that right now. What do you mean? If I would have lost this bet, I would have never bet you again. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I thought about that on Saturday well, last week. I'm like, if I lose this bet, I'm never betting him again. I wonder how this close was like I'm going to be. Such the gimme. I should have gone August first, because I bet you it's still going to be in the month of July. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty weak. Here's the thing: he's pretty he's weak so right weak. now. But yeah. you, you could. He's, but he's also survived this too, though. Yeah, but the opinion of him now is he's a weak leader. Yeah. So this made him look weak to the Russian people which is a, pretty much a death sentence for a, a Russian leader. But let's move on from that. It's July 4th weekend. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it totally week, is. Rather. It's going to be weird, though, because July 4th on a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Monday is going to be a pretty low-key day for everyone. You know, everybody's going to be kind of half. If they're working, it's going to be half-assed. But that it's yeah. weird, though, because, like, okay, so if July 4th is on a Tuesday, so that means Monday's going to be half-assed. Right. Means Tuesday's going to be half-assed. Right. And then... You're going to do the fireworks Tuesday night, and then Wednesday's kind of half ass. Oh, no, the fireworks are going to be going on all weekend, at least around me. They're already going on. Oh, are they really? Oh, God. So my, even last night it started? There were a few last night, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, man, in my my neighborhood, it, it's it's really um Well, because they do like, like a big a fireworks thing. Uh, well, that's for New Year's. We actually have the... the oh, yeah, yeah, that's but New Year's. You, you got to remember, it's the same crazy fucking people in my neighborhood that do that sort of thing. And we have a 60-foot, you know, lighted ball drop and, you know, a, a, a $30,000 fireworks display just from people pitching into the neighborhood, you know. Um, so these folks on the 4th of July, everyone's doing it pretty much independently, but it's like everywhere, man. I mean, it's like watching a city fireworks display. I haven't gone anyone anywhere to watch fireworks for 20 years because it's like I'll just go outside. Yeah. You know? But uh, it is always weird driving around on those nights, though, because oh, it does yeah. feel like a war zone. Yeah. It's you're so going cool. in and out of neighborhoods. You're just swerving smoke. back and forth. Yeah. yeah. There's smoke everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of times you drive through the smoke because like, they'll, right. like just before you get on that street, they lit something. Yeah. You got to wait till it's done and then you got to cross it. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does actually feel like a combat situation. In a lot. Of it ways. does. It's yeah. awesome. But uh, it's actually a lot of fun. You know, it's it's uh, we need to uh, ramp up all the uh, the nationalism and patriotism this year because uh Pride in being in America is at a record low. Um, only uh, 39% of respondents say that they are extremely proud to be an American. Um, and 60% uh, uh, of Republicans do, 33% of independents, and 29% of Democrats do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really amazing. The numbers are dropping pretty low so we're at 60 percent of extreme pride for uh republicans 33 for independents 29 for democrats it's just dropping significantly and you know it, it's funny because it, it, really the united states government needs to redo their marketing campaign because it, it's just not working you know for whatever reason so and again you have to remember that basically all a nation is 
is, uh, you know, a, a handful of rich and powerful people that use force to, uh, you know, control the the remaining 99.9%. Uh, but the reason that it works and they stay in power and they stay in extreme wealth is because they have a good marketing campaign. You know, they get you to buy into the whole nationalism thing. And when that starts to wane, that's a real problem for the people in power. So this is something that's being watched very, very closely. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, something to, to think about that uh, that all American pride ain't so good anymore. Well, at the same time, though, 67 percent of U.S. adults are extremely or very proud to be American, though. But still a lot of them. It's still a big number. Uh, was it 67 percent of 67 overall? are extremely or very proud? Hmm. Wow, it's it's the changing of the of the adverb, right? Is that not what it is? Adverb, yeah, or the adjective, yeah. It's the changing of that extremely or very or you know, right? Like, I, I mean, I do get your overall point, and I think you're right, and I think that they. The thing is this though, like America kind of deserves our government deserves the the lack of support that it's getting. Well, all but those do. numbers are still a little high though. Those but are kind of rookie numbers. Here's the interesting thing. In 55 and older, it's extremely high. In 35 to 54, it drops off significantly, especially with independents and, and Democrats. And here's the thing. 18 to 34, it's only 42% of Republicans, only 25% of independents, and only 12% of Democrats. Yeah. Now, that tells me that the direction that it's going is just going to keep falling and falling and falling. And uh, when, it, when a government gets to the point where... They don't have that nationalistic unity. They have to resort to force. Okay. Because again, that is all a country is. A, a nation, any nation, is a government's ability to use force to oppress people and to market it in such a way that you don't believe you're being oppressed. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And when the shine is off the ball, uh, you know, that, uh, that starts getting dangerous for, uh, uh, for government, so something to keep an eye on there. That pride in America is uh, is on d- the decline and dramatically on the decline among young people. And it took some hits this week, actually. Yeah, it took some hits this week, yeah. actually. To be honest with you, it totally took some hits. So let's so l- we'll talk about the Supreme Court stuff then. All right, let's get to that. All right, so this week they came out with a bunch of different decisions this week, and so I guess we'll go down. Do you know the decisions, or am I telling I you for the no, first time? No, I okay. know them all. Yeah. So let's go with this first one. The first one. So the Supreme Court ruled. That a website designer uh, can refuse to serve a same-sex couple, and this is the same as like the bake the cake guy. Yeah, yeah. So, what, which here's the thing, um, I actually agree with. I, I with think the ruling that, with the ruling. Yeah, I think that nobody can be forced to perform a service for somebody else if they don't want to, regardless of the reason that they don't want to. Well, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Is relate and overall, I agree with you on this one. But let me ask you a question as it relates towards this. They in that ruling, they had a difference between something that was artistic and something that wasn't artistic, that that the, the separator here of why you could refuse is artistic expression in the First Amendment. Yeah, and that's exactly why, because it was a First Amendment argument. And under that circumstance, because the person was creating a website um, that, uh, yeah, that would be considered artistic expression. So in that case, 
Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think, honestly, I, I think that and as, as disgusting as I find it, and I do find it disgusting that people are, are you know, bigots and would uh, refuse service to someone based on their race or their gender or their orientation, I, I find that to be disgusting, abhorrent. Okay? So I just want to put that out there. Having said that, our Constitution gives people the right to be bigots and assholes. Yes. You know, and racists and homophobes, you know, so we do have to accept uh, that type of uh, discrimination. And, you know, what we should do in our world is we should say, well, fuck, those guys are racist. I'm not going to give my business to them, whether I'm straight or gay or anything like that. So, you know, ultimately, I think that the people doing that are going to end up putting themselves out of business. You know, but then again, there are a lot of bigots and racists and homophobes in this country. Obviously, we're seeing more and more out of the closet. So maybe they they are creating a niche market for themselves. Who knows? But the thing I found interesting about this ruling is there was no standing in this case. This was all a hypothetical challenge. There was no actual gay couple that wanted to contract with this woman to create a website. Really? It was purely a theoretical exercise and why the Supreme Court didn't throw that out or you know didn't refuse to hear it for lack of standing i i don't understand that so that tells me that the supreme court ha- absolutely has an agenda and that's why they heard this case even though technically and legally it should have never been heard there was well, did she have standing because there was already a rule in Colorado? there was a law in colorado but generally under those cases she would have had to have standing, meaning that she would have had to had consequences for refusing to perform a service for someone. Now, I guess you could say that just the fact that the law exists, that there is you can a, show cause there's, there. there's hypothetical consequences. But that's a that's a real reach, you know. OK, um, so it's, it's kind of like the reason that I was uh, when I was, uh, you know, uh, fighting against uh, real ID and driver's licenses that I had to get. Um, you know, arrested for driving without a license because of, I objected to the real ID and the Fourth Amendment provisions of it. Yeah. Um, to have standing in court, and until that happened, I wouldn't necessarily have standing to challenge the law. So it's that's a that one's really shocking. This court definitely, definitely has a um, you know right wing agenda. There's no doubt about it. But even though I agree with that ruling because I believe that under the First Amendment, you do have the right to be a bigot, to be a racist, to be a homophobe. It sucks, but that's the way it is. Well, look, and we've said it before. And so just to reiterate, I support and we did it with cakes. So I support the, the baker who refuses to bake a gay cake. Right. I support the people that are outside protesting. The people who are the guy that won't make the gay cake. Right. And I support big gay owls, gay cakes that will open up next door to grab some of that gay cake business. Absolutely. That's the way it should work. It, it sh- there shouldn't be laws. There shouldn't be government, you know, uh, you know, giving rights or taking away rights from some people. It ought to be the marketplace of ideas and the, you know, the economic marketplace ought to deal with those situations. Well, and the other thing is this, too, is that when it comes to a website, like, that's all done online. You don't have to be, you can do that from anywhere, so it doesn't really matter. Right. So, like, you're going to be able to get, you're going to be able to get a website done if you're a gay couple. Besides, stop making fucking websites for your wedding. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's just get on that road. Who the fuck needs a website for your goddamn wedding? 
right. Now, so the second one that I wanted to talk about, though, because there is another argument. There's another thing in here. The Supreme Court struck down Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Right. As they should. Yeah. So you agree with this one as well? I do. I hate it uh, because I absolutely wanted to see the government, you know, flush a whole bunch of money down the toilet. And I think it would be a boon for the economy to have a bunch of people who were, uh, you know, got at least some of their student loan debt forgiven. Having said that, it was the right ruling because Joe Biden did not have the authority to actually do that. Now, having said that, I don't think the federal government has the authority to be issuing loans to people to begin with. So they shouldn't be in that business. Yeah, because uh, you were but, against the one where they were giving businesses money. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, having said that. You took it. I took it <laughs> because I can theoretically say that this is the way it should be and also recognize that it's not that way and then try to benefit from it. Yeah. So I have no moral code when it comes to government. Zero, none whatsoever. So just put that out there. I have an extreme moral code with dealing with individuals, with people, and things like that. But when it comes to dealing with government, zero morals okay. on my part, just to put that out there. Now, so the Biden never had the authority. And essentially what uh, the Supreme Court said is, look, if you want to do something of this nature, you're going to have to go to Congress. Yeah. Which I would agree with. But if they which he uh, hold on. And this is the other part of it, which Biden agreed with and right. Pelosi agreed with. Right. And they knew it. Right. Yeah. They knew this wasn't going to pass constitutional muster. Yeah. But they didn't know if the Supreme Court would actually strike it down, though. Well, not for sure. But but instead of inst- but in, and this is the point I wanted to make with this one, though, instead of being instead of realizing what they were going to do anyway. Right. They are able to now shift the blame right to the Supreme Court. It's a it was always a win win for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like either they this, get it and, you know, you got like a whole generation of people that are like, yeah, go Biden or they don't get it. And they've got a, uh, a campaign talking point and they have somebody to blame. Yeah. And so. that's what they did this one for. Yeah. This one was only put up in order to in order to have the Supreme Court do what they were going to do. Yeah. And then in doing it, they decided that now now, you know, now the court's not normal. Right. Right. And but and there's too many times on both sides because both of them do this shit is that both of them will try to pass something legislatively or do something through uh, the their executive on and then make the make the Supreme Court make the ruling. Right. Instead of them stopping themselves yep. from doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is what they did in this one. That's why we have checks and balances. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the this Supreme is a, Court but is becoming crutch, very politicized. Though. But this is a crutch, though. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. It's like yeah. passing the passing the blame. Oh, sure. Yeah. I puts them in a win-win situation. If they get it, great. They got it. If they don't, then they've got a, you know, a campaign uh, issue. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they can go back to their constituents and say look this is why it's so important that we elect you know pick your party because we've got supreme court nominations coming up they did that the last campaign cycle it's, it's all about the supreme court nominations and it was and it turned well, yeah, out they that, did that it with, was they very did it important with, they did it with obama and then they right. stopped the one with obama right and then they did it with trump right and now they're gonna and now they're gonna try to raise the number i think or there, there's gonna be more talk now after these decisions came out now there's gonna be more talk and again we got a couple more to talk about but right um, now we now there's going to be more talk of well we need to add numbers to it or give them term limits right yeah because they're claiming you know these guys well are, you got to amend the constitution to give them term limits yeah you, you can't do that without a constitutional amendment because it's an article three of the constitution yeah or, they're gonna article look, they're two, gonna I make think. attempts at this stuff yeah um or and they're gonna they're definitely gonna use it as um 
uh, campaign talking points. Oh, without question. Yeah. Now, the third one was the Supreme Court outlaw affirmative action in college admissions in their landmark decision as well. Yeah. Uh, and So I, what's your thought on this? I, I actually agree with that one, too. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it, 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 you know, affirmative action is just wrong. It, it's just wrong. Now, if this ends up meaning that... Um, you know, minorities are actually getting singled out for and not making it into a college because of it. Yeah, that sucks. You know, that's a problem. And that I don't want that to happen either. But but you don't want it to happen either. I don't I just don't want any discrimination at all. You know, that's the thing. I, I don't want to see any discrimination anywhere. And essentially for decades, uh, we had discrimination against minorities. OK. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they so they weren't getting into college at a um, representative level, uh, according to uh, demographics. But now it seems after years of affirmative action uh, that, you know, it's it's uh, it's a lot easier to get into college now if you are a minority. You know, so it's uh, you know, it, it's gone too far the other way. And I really just want to see what we should do is we should eliminate any reference to race for college admissions. So you have no idea, you know, what the race of the person is when the colleges are actually reviewing uh, these folks. You know, that's, I think, would be a, a much more fair way to do it. And it would be based on merit. Now, the counter argument to that is that, Minorities in general have a lot less opportunities growing up, so they don't necessarily uh, match up. Let's say they, you know, couldn't do the extracurriculars, or they were in a school that didn't have advanced placement classes, or, or something like that. And that's a problem too. I don't know how you get around it. But as far as constitutionally in the Supreme Court, uh, it is it is the right decision uh, because you shouldn't be making decisions for people based on race. Period. End of story. Everyone should be equal. You know, everyone should have an equal opportunity. Um, you know, so it's it's a well, now it's in, a tough call. It, now, in some of the people that were arguing uh, in favor of this, they were also saying, "Well, there's there's other things that people have an advantage of: legacy admissions or right. things are people that are richer have a better oh, opportunity course. to do that. Yeah, and those course. are all things. But yeah, but that's why that the essays and right the, the 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 other things could be the factor that wouldn't be overtly racial. Yeah, but your arguments against some of the reasons for racial could be put in those areas. Right, like if you write the essay of you know why why should I be admitted into this school. And I've had a troubled past, but I was able to persevere and get going. You'd be able to make yeah. the decision then. I would be a lot more comfortable with a system like that that really uh, levels a playing field. But then again, if you um, say that, you know, look, a certain percentage of people in general are racist. And so there is a certain level of systemic racism in every college or at least you know some college a majority of college so you know it's it's almost as if that the admissions process needs to be completely blind of race yeah but, yeah, but then you again know the ones that were getting hurt in this one though were the asians i don't know how 
Oh, no, no, because they weren't getting in as much because they were like in or if you wanted to get into school as an Asian, you had to have a much higher score in order to get in. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's not fair either. Yeah. But by the same token, you know, if, if we did that, uh, chances are uh, colleges would be about 70 percent Asian. You yeah, know? but then that's but what hey, it is. that's what it is. You know, you know <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Asian parents are doing are doing it right. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Well, when you talk to the Asian kids, they're like, "Oh my God, my childhood was hell." <laughs> yeah. But you know, then again, when they're making you know half a million dollars a year as a doctor or a lawyer or you know <laughs> engineer or something like that, yeah, uh, they're not not too uh, upset about that at that point. Yeah. But yeah, it's again, it's like all of these rulings were the right rulings technically but they feel like shit you know what i'm saying yeah i don't feel good about these rulings but they're kind of the right ruling you know it's a weird yeah no no affirmative action was not something they should, yeah. they should continue to have it but should how do go you away. fix that you know but, and, or but do I, you try to fix it and just let the the colleges be you know like i said 70 percent agent well i still think <laughs> it should know? be like it should still be merit-based at the end of the day right or here's the thing or if you're a college either if you're a college and you aren't funded by the state, I guess you can have whatever curriculum you want. Right. It's the ones that are funded by the state. Well, then you got to abide by certain rules of equal right. opportunity and stuff yeah. like that. But then again, so. do you get into a situation if you do that, that you end up having unintentional segregation because you get the historically black colleges, okay, which are predominantly black. So do you end up again? Segregation isn't the answer in my book either, you know. But I, I there sometimes we just have to accept that there's some things that there's not a good fix for. And we should just kind of like get rid of the rules and see how the marketplace of ideas solves the problem. And there's a lot of people who want to solve this problem. So I think if you just get the government out of the way and let it happen, it will. Yeah. But you don't know necessarily exactly how that would pan out. Well, look, I think you're the problem is this. You're always going to have people that are the grifters in these situations right that will use whatever they can use in order to grift basically and i think in some of these situations you have some people that make their living off this country being racist and you know will always say that well look you know we if the if the numbers aren't exact well then there's a problem but the problem is is race and not anything else right and even in the the supreme court ruling Look, Clarence Thomas is black, and he wrote the he wrote the majority opinion on it. But then you had the other side, which is a she, uh, uh, Jackson, wrote the negative on this one. And Descendant. but if you yeah. but but if you listen to what Jackson wrote, but she sounded fucking racist, right? Yeah. Like, well, like when, you made the same arguments that the racist <laughs> use. Here, here's the thing. A lot of times when it's coming from the left, it does sound very racist to me. It's like, oh well because you're black you can't compete with white people yeah you know what i'm saying it's like I, I, that's like really are you kidding well, me and then here's the thing to say that the legacy thing was somehow white affirmative action like come on Co- now. yeah like no. that's just bullshit like no. by the way that's a legacy thing it doesn't matter well, what color no, that person it, is it kind of is though it kind of is because if you're going by legacy each generation past was more and more likely to be predominantly white per, so but they were all predominantly rich though well, yeah, <laughs> really. Money is what it the all, poor, all boils The poor down West to. Virginia guy ain't getting in because he was white. Yeah, yeah. Well, bottom line is, look, you have to understand that education is still about supply and demand. And the government involvement is what's really fucked it up. I mean, completely. Oh, yeah. So if we were to just say, look, there will be a demand for education. 
let's just get the government out of the way and see how the the marketplace you know meets the demand if there is demand somebody's going to supply it and if if there's a high percentage of minorities that want college degrees they're going to get them yeah you know it's as simple as that so i i don't know why we spend so much time on this side on both sides of the argument you know it's just like yeah yeah just all right so let's get get, let's get into the last one so the last one which was done earlier in the week so this actually like was the first ruling that came out but even though it's the last one that we're going to talk about today was um and i'll read from this one the u.s supreme court shot down a controversial legal theory that could have changed the way elections are run uh, across the country but left the door open for more limited challenges that could increase the role in deciding voter disputes during the 2024 presidential election. The court 6-3 ruling on Tuesday drove a stake through the most extreme version of the so-called independent state legislature theory which holds that legislatures have absolute power in setting the rules of federal election cannot be second-guessed by state courts. That decision cheered uh, the decision cheered voting rights groups basically. So what this was saying was is that there was a, and I forget what state it was, North Carolina North Carolina did their districts out there, and they gerrymandered the fuck out of them. Right, and so the their Supreme Court said, "Well, you can't gerrymander them; those 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 lines are unconstitutional." Right. The state legislature there said, "Well, fuck you. We can have whatever lines we want to have. We're the ultimate say so in what goes on here." And th- that made it to the Supreme Court. Right. And the Supreme Court said, "No, that's not true. The courts do have um, oversight over how you do your districts." Okay. Yeah. Again, I agree with the ruling. Yeah, I. I... Here's I kind the, of agree with the ruling too, here, here, especially here, since yeah, everywhere's districts are so gerrymandered. That and that here—that's the thing, by the way. Yeah, all both political parties. Yeah, that are in charge. If they're in charge of a state, they gerrymander the districts right. to their benefit. Yeah, New York does it for Democrats. Yep. North Carolina does it for Republicans. Florida does it for Republicans. Right. California does it for Democrats. Right. They're, they all do it. And I don't and agree with it necessarily. For the folks that don't understand why that's important is they will make, for example, let's say you've got 10 counties that have a majority of Republicans, okay? Um, and those in those counties, the Republicans are clustered in certain areas. They will draw, uh, if it's a Democrat state, if it's a Democratic legislature, they will draw an area that encompasses all all of those predominantly Republican areas in one district. And it usually looks like some, you know, a spaghetti monster type district. But that way, they know they're going to lose that district every time. But they don't care because they've made, they packed the other districts as safe for whatever their party, in, in this instance, Democrats, but both parties do exactly the same thing. So that's why gerrymandering is important, because you can draw the districts in such a way so that the opposing party only gets a few districts that they're pretty much guaranteed to win, and you get a bunch of districts that you're guaranteed to win. Yeah, and the way that race comes into play on this is like in states like Alabama or Mississippi or something. Mississippi, definitely. Mississippi, definitely, where the majority like there's a there's a large black percentage right they will cut around those areas so all the black people are basically in one district yeah yeah so essentially they all get one representative instead of in the case where if they'd done the districts right you know they would have had the opportunity to have voted for multiple uh representatives yeah the people who end up in that one district so yeah and 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 again this is a bipartisan thing both sides do it, and both sides do it for basically the same reasons. Right. Yeah. And that's the, again, if you don't like, and I don't, I don't like it per se, but at the same time, 
Yeah, it's been around in politics for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think with us, I think there's probably a simple algorithm that you could use in order to solve this problem. The problem with that, though, is that no one wants to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> nobody wants nobody to actually lose wants, their advantage. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Everybody wants to be able. Look, and we, the Republicans haven't always been in charge of Florida. When the Democrats are in charge of Florida. They it was the gerrymandered the other way. Yeah. And then as soon as the Republicans got in charge, say, now it's our turn now. Yeah. Like, neither one of them agree that the power shouldn't exist. They just fight over who, who gets, gets to, to have it. the power. Yeah, who, exactly. who gets to wield the power. Yeah. yeah. Which ultimately is a problem with government, but that's a whole different story for a different day. All right. Hey, let's move on to a topic that I am very interested in. Um, you know how we talked? Gay couple- porn? Well, yeah, but not now. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know how we talked a couple of weeks ago about David Grush, uh, the whistleblower? Can you not do that? Sorry, I was turning off my phone. Yeah. Um, that uh, the whistleblower who uh, was with the National Reconnaissance Office and also with the Pentagon's uh, UAP division investigating UFOs and things like that yeah. came out and said, yeah, I've talked to a bunch of people. Um, you know, they've they've had firsthand accounts of actually interacting with crashed or uh, landed alien spacecraft. We have multiple alien spacecraft in our possession. The United States government does. OK, so we talked about that story a couple of weeks ago. Well, guess who just came out and confirmed that story? Who? You, your best friend, Marco Rubio. <laughs> he, here's the thing about this story, by the way. Huh? And this is where my own ugliness comes into play, I guess. Right. The fact that Rubio's around it makes me not want to hear anything about it. And <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't think they're aliens now. Yeah. Because Rubio's I, I involved. I know. I just I know. I'm I'm just I'm just being honest here. I'm just being honest. Fuck Rubio. I know. I hate him. We know. I hate him too. And he hates both of us, so it's mutual. Um, all right, so here's the headline. Marco Rubio says he's heard shocking firsthand accounts of UFOs from top Pentagon officials who claim U.S. owns crashed non-human craft and is working on reverse engineering their technology. So this is, without question, an intentional um, a leak, but he did it in such a way where... It was a really soft confirmation, but it's also a step towards full disclosure. And we've talked about this process. Uh, we, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, this process of full disclosure. We are now at the two-thirds point. Well, we're about uh, maybe about the, the 55 60% point of full disclosure because first, in 2018, they said, um, you know, uh, yes, there are some unidentifying flying objects and submersible objects and we have video of them the military has seen them we don't know what they are okay mm-hmm. which was apparently a lie so now five years later in 2023 we start getting leaks that okay yes we do know what they are and we actually have several of them in our possession uh now con- uh, confirmed by two high-ranking government officials uh and you know what i'll go ahead and play you the clip um Let's uh, let's uh, we'll we'll play it in Rubio's own words so you can hear it now. Just hours ago, we let's go potentially spacecraft and others. You have heard from those people who've made those claims. And here's what the senator told us. I'm going to play a a big chunk of our exchange. 
will say there are people that have come forward to share information with our committee over the last couple of years. I would imagine some of them are potentially some of the same people that perhaps he's referring to. I want to be very protective of these people. A lot of these people came to us even before these protections were in the law for whistleblowers to come forward. Sorry, people who have had firsthand knowledge, who claim to have firsthand knowledge of seeing this type of thing? Or, or have firsthand knowledge or firsthand claims of certain things. Uh, some are public figures, you know, and, and you've heard from them in the past. Others, um, you know, have, have not shared publicly. And so we're trying to gather as much of that information as we can. But I, and the reason why I'm being cautious, I'm not trying to be evasive, but I am trying to be protective of these people. Some of these people still work in the government. And frankly, a lot of them are very fearful, fearful of their jobs, fearful of their clearances, fearful of their career. And, and, and some, frankly, are fearful of harm coming to them. So that category of people who have firsthand knowledge, who say they have actually seen these kinds of things, do you find many of them credible? Well, I don't find them either not credible or credible because we have no basis about understand some of these claims are things that are beyond sort of the realm of what any of us has ever dealt with what i think we owe them is just a mature you know understand listening and, and trying to put these all these pieces together and just sort of intake the information without any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions in one direction or another i will say i find most of these people at some point or maybe even currently have held very high clearances and high positions within our government so you start at you do ask yourself like what incentive would so many people with that kind of um qualification these are serious people have to come forward and make something up okay so that's uh that's the clip there and essentially he's you know he's he's hedging a, a lot in that because he's saying well I don't find them credible or not credible, but yeah, these are high-ranking government officials with high-ranking clearances, and they have everything to lose and nothing to gain. And some of them are fear for their careers or you know even harm coming to them. Um, so again, folks, this at a very deep government level is part of the plan. Uh, they've been easing us into this now for five years. Actually, it's gone on a lot longer than that. A lot of it with media and internet stuff on the internet, things that were you know uh, being allowed to leak out, and then with the actual government confirmation. So at this point, we have the confirmation that one starting in 2018, there are things up there flying around that we don't know what they are. We're going to call them uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Yeah. Okay. Um, or USOs, un unidentified submersible objects. Um, now, five years later, we get, uh, you know, first, the lower-level guy who was very, very credible, high, had actually high-ranking um, clearance, high, high positions in the government coming out. And then a few weeks later, a United States senator comes out and says, yeah, we've talked to these people in our committee, and they, yes, they are credible, and they do claim that we have several alien craft. Okay, um, but it didn't get a lot of play. It's still not really getting the mainstream media pickup. So that tells me they're going to do another one of these. So in the near future, probably in the next few months, yeah, we're going to have some committee investigation that is going to come out likely and say that, yes, the United States government does have recovered alien craft. Okay. And then that's going to just kind of be out there for a while, and the world's not going to panic, and nobody's going to freak out about it because we're conditioned at this point. It's all preparation for what's going to happen probably in somewhere between 2026 and 2030 is when we actually get to meet them, okay? And we're going to find out that, yes, not only do we have recovered alien craft, not only have we been reverse engineering them, but 
we've been working closely with multiple species for about 70 years. Okay. And it wouldn't even surprise me if we are actually like in the application process of being added to some intragalactic, you know, government of some sort. And that's where the shit really hits the fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're uh, we're actually on the verge in our lifetime of really realizing we're you know a member of the Galactic Federation, <laughs> and we have been we've been in the application process for fifty years. And if you guys don't get in line, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get denied. I have no idea, no idea what that's going to mean for the world. And hopefully it is the one thing that can save us from the AI. <laughs> Being a member of the Galactic Federation, they won't let us let the AI, you know, they won't let the AI kill us all. But I really think that that's a high probability of where we're going on this. Because just think of the steps we've taken and think of what, how it would have been 15, 20, 25 years ago if they had said what they're saying, oh no, today. this is on coast to coast. This is like completely right. fringe. Yeah, exactly. You're a nutcase for right. believing this stuff. Yeah. Like, right. And and to go now. And here's the thing, though, to go back now, and all the people that were considered fringe that were on George Norrie's coast to coast, we're all right. Right. Art Bell, by the way. Art Bell. Art Bell was way better than George Norrie, but but, but yeah. either way. But to see that this is what's going on now, right. Look, man, all these people that would say these wild conspiracy theories are all coming. It's all coming oh, true. I know. I know. It's it's like I've always said, half of all conspiracy theories are half true. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, we only got about a couple minutes left uh, before we go into the second hour. But I do want to remind you, folks, we have got a ton more good stuff to get to. Um, and, uh, you know, actually another conspiracy theory involving Bill Gates, maybe, that I want to talk about in the second hour. But if you'd like to join us, uh, it's Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up. Become a subscriber. Uh, you get uh, an extra hour at least every week of the program, uh, which is only for uh, subscribers. Plus, you get a whole bunch of swag. You get an autographed copy of my book, The Cassandra Trigger. You get a This Is Not a Bomb duffel bag. Uh, and you get an Anarchist Guild coin. So sign up, become a subscriber, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. All right, let's uh, talk real quick. We only got a, uh, about a minute and a half about more of Biden's faux pas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this week at a, uh, a meeting with uh, leaders in India, he actually said, and I'm going to see if we can play the clip here, that I sold a lot of state secrets. Now, hang on. Let's let's just hear the clip. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you, and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I was just thinking... Uh, <laughs> okay, he was making a joke there, uh, because he was trying for the to cover for the fact that he started meeting without someone, and he couldn't remember that person's name so he was saying while you were gone essentially i sold a lot of state secrets but it's just come on man come on grandpa you got to know better than that and uh also there was a whole bunch of scuttlebutt because uh biden's been showing up with like these weird strap marks on his face and it's been shown he's uh now using a cpap uh machine for sleep apnea which not a big deal but the media is making a big deal about it but this guy does not need to be president anymore I mean, you're just too damn old, Biden. <laughs> I, like, okay, so here's the thing. First off, a lot of people use a CPAP machine. So, right. like, that's not even a big deal. Right. 
and you sold the state secret. Look, this guy just doesn't know how to talk, I, man. Right, right. He just, he's, you know, he's not how quite. Is this our, how is this our president? He, he's not quite totally demented yet, but just some of the things he's saying are like cringeworthy. Patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.